So this actually isn't part of the homily, uh, but I did think of it in between the masses. Um, a funny story from seminary, when, gosh, this must have been like 2012 or 13 or 14, is whenever the Alexas first came out, you know those little things from Amazon, and you're like, hey, Alexa, and you do whatever you want? Well, a friend of mine in seminary, uh, now Father Chris, but just back then Chris, got one of those as a gift. And he lived up the hall from me in seminary, and uh, we never locked our doors because there were only 50 of us, and we knew everyone, so it was pretty safe. Anyway, Chris got one of those Amazon Echoes, and I went into his room when he wasn't there, and I said, hey, Alexa, set an alarm for 3.30 a.m. Hey, Alexa, set an alarm for 4.30 a.m. Hey, Alexa, set an alarm for 5.30 a.m. And then I ran out of his room. The next morning, we went down to morning prayer, and I had completely forgotten about this. So after morning prayer was done, I was like, hey, man, you want to go get some bagels for breakfast? And he goes, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? You get up on the wrong side of the bed? He goes, no, I didn't go to bed because of you. <laughs> now, how did he know it was me? I, I'm the only one that would pray planks, play pranks on him. But uh, I did find it hilarious that he got woken up three times in the middle of the night by Alec Baldwin's voice going, hey, get out of bed, sleepyhead. It's time to get up. Kind of reminds me of our first reading, Eli and Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening after he gets called three times. Anyway, we'll get to that in the homily. Let's get to the real homily and not just me telling stories from seminary. So here's my question for you today. Why are you Catholic? It seems like a very simple question when I ask it to you, but if you had to give me a response right now, how long would it take you to respond? Would it be less than five seconds and some sort of, oh, I was born Catholic? Lacking all sort of emotion, connection, and passion? Or would it be a three-hour emotional roller coaster from the day you were born all the way until this day? But either way, would what you say make someone want to become Catholic? Make no mistake, if anyone ever asks you the question, tell me why you're Catholic, or why do you believe in this stuff? They are asking in part because they are curious to see if your life contains something that theirs is missing. If your answer is lackluster, uninspiring, or bland, how would it show that your life is different after knowing Jesus Christ? Now what I am describing is giving a testimony and a compelling testimony should be direct enough that the point doesn't get lost in the details, but also long enough to be able to show conversion in our life. Having a succinct and compelling testimony is something that every Catholic should be able to do when asked. It is the question priests and religious get the most. What made you want to join the priesthood, they ask, for they are asking for a testimony of my life. To see how it was before, how I heard the Lord calling me, and how my life is different now since answering that call. They want to know that it's worth it if they consider changing things about their life or consider changing their entire life. In the gospel, John the Baptist gives testimony to Christ by proclaiming not only that he would, I'm sorry, not only that he would be coming, but when the people, sorry, when he came, he proclaimed to the people, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, if you will allow me to nerd out on Scripture for a second, John the Baptist is called the last prophet of the Old Testament, even though he exists in the New. 
Now, scholars have long maintained that he is the bridge between the two Testaments. John's words also act as a bridge between ancient Jewish temple worship and our Mass that we celebrate here today. John in the Gospel cries out, Behold, the Lamb of God. In the temple in ancient Israel, 4,000 years ago, there was special bread kept in their tabernacle. It was called the bread of the presence or the showbread, and it was to represent the manna that fell from heaven for the Israelites for 40 years in the desert. It was called the showbread or bread of the presence and was changed out regularly, the old bread being eaten only by the high priest before it was replaced with fresh bread. Twice a year on high festivals, the bread was brought out for the people to see, and the high priest would hold the bread high in the air, and he would say to them, Behold, the Lord your God. Now they did not believe the same things about the Eucharist that we do. However, they did believe that this bread of the presence somehow held the presence of God. So the high priest used to hold up bread for the people and say, Behold, the Lord your God. John the Baptist, thousands of years later in the gospel, I'm sorry, John the Baptist would say in the gospel, Behold the Lamb of God, to let the people know that the Messiah was finally here. And thousands of years later, at our Mass, every single Mass that is said, and has been said for 2,000 years, the priest has uttered some form of the phrase, Behold the Lamb of God as he holds up the freshly consecrated host, which has gone from dead bread to living flesh. John's words ring true throughout salvation history, and we repeat them at every Mass. His testimony of who Jesus was stands for all time and will exist for as long as the gospel does. <coughs> Excuse me. There is another example of testimony given in the gospel today, and that is the personal invitation given from St. Andrew to his brother, St. Peter. St. Andrew goes to his brother, and rather than saying, the Lord is over there, go find him, he comes to him and through his own testimony, beckons Peter to see how good the Lord is. He brings our first pope to meet our Savior. Andrew doesn't just use his words, but he invites his brother, walks with him to meet the Lord, and then hands him off and lets Jesus take over. This is what our entire model of people converting to the faith is based off of. People like you and me, inviting people we know to come to church with us. We bring others directly to the Lord. And then we let go and let him take over. The Lord wants to work powerfully with everyone individually. We don't see Andrew interjecting himself when Jesus and Peter begin talking. His part is done. He brought Peter to the Lord, and now for the rest of the Gospels, Andrew has no more speaking lines. He didn't need to walk with his brother forever because Peter needed to discover the Lord on his own. Andrew facilitated a meeting between his brother, Simon Peter, and Jesus, and the rest is history. Whether we have been born into the faith or have known the Lord like John the Baptist, I'm sorry, whether we have been born into the faith and have known the Lord like John the Baptist since we were in the womb because of our parents, 
or if we didn't find the faith until later in life like St. Peter, every one of us is still called. We are called to be ready to give a reason for our hope in Jesus Christ, for anyone who asks. This is the direction that comes from 1 Peter chapter 3. Always be willing to give a reason for your hope in Jesus Christ. We are to have a compelling, authentic story about why we love being Catholic. A good testimony, though, only comes with a lot of practice. We often think that because it is our own life story, we can tell it clearly, thoughtfully, and well. However, without practice, we often find our story disjointed and discombobulated. So that means we have to practice telling this story well. And the best way to practice is with your family and friends. Ask each other at random intervals, Hey, tell me why you love being Catholic in 60 seconds or less. I honestly think this is going to be a lot harder than you imagine it. Or if you don't want to bother anyone, since we live in a modern age, pull out your phone and record yourself doing it. And see how many times during that 60 seconds you say, um, or don't know where to go, or get confused in your own life story, or take a lot longer than 60 seconds. My suspicion is that you will find this to be a much harder exercise than you imagine, but a very fruitful one. The second reading speaks about our bodies and their actions. Quickly summarized, the reading is telling us that the actions of our bodies should reveal the testimony of Christ in our lives. Are we living the lives of Catholics? The actions we perform daily, are they the actions of Catholics? Without us saying a single word in testimony, would there be enough evidence in our lives to convict us of being a Catholic by our actions alone? Because if there is one thing this world hates, it's hypocrites. Many people I talk to tell me, oh, well, you know, I used to be Catholic, but everyone I knew that was Catholic was a terrible person, so I, I didn't really see the point in continuing to go. People want to see that the thoughts of your mind, the words of your mouth, and the actions of your hands all point to being a good Catholic. If they see you going to church just to turn around and gossip about your friends, even the pagans do that, as the scripture says. So don't just talk about it. Be about it. Finally, our first reading is about the call of Samuel in the temple. Everyone is called by the Lord to follow him. Unless you are St. Paul, none of us have been given the, uh, the gospel directly. We had to first learn it from others. Samuel shows us that we must also respond to that call when we hear it in our lives, for it is not enough just to hear the Lord. If Samuel had, not, I'm sorry, if Samuel had heard and not gone to Eli, he would have been being disobedient. But he responds each time, quickly and faithfully. Eli teaches him what to do, and then, like St. Andrew, he backs off and lets the Lord take over. Our actions in life must support our title as Catholics, since it claims us as disciples of Christ. We cannot be afraid to share the gospel with others, but feeling comfortable sharing our story with others only comes with a lot of practice. So please, add this to the conversation at your dinner table. Ask your kids why they like being Catholic and tell them your reason for being Catholic. Practice with your friends, 
so that when a stranger asks you, you aren't taken by surprise. So tell me, why are you Catholic? 